Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mountains of Magic podcast. We've got a really special episode for you today. I'm chatting with my fellow travel advisor friend, Katie, about her recent trip to Disneyland Paris. So this is a place I've never been before, don't know a lot about. So we talk about logistics, getting there, what the planning process looks like, and similarities and differences between Walt Disney World. So if you're up for a little international travel today, listen in. This is episode 74, Disneyland Paris Trip Report. everyone. So today we have a very special treat. My friend and fellow travel agent Katie is here to share about a trip report that I've never really got to hear about firsthand and that is to Disneyland Paris. So she went a few weeks ago with her family of four and so really excited to hear about that. Here's some comparables to Walt Disney World and just all the fun they had. So Katie, thanks so much for being here. Hey, thanks so much for having me. This is super fun. Yes, no, I love it. I love it. So give the listeners just a little background, you, your Disney stuff, your family. Yeah, um, so I am a fantastical vacations travel advisor, just like Danielle. And um, I have two kiddos. My daughter is just turned eight and my son is five. And I've been married to my husband for almost 14 years. Is that right? The math? <laughs> um, but I'm just a huge Disney fan. Um, love, love Disney. So was very excited to get to take my family to Paris over spring break this year. This was kind of a retribution trip for us because we had planned to go um, and just take my daughter when she was five um, in April of 2020. And so of course, that didn't work out. <laughs> um, so this time we took we were pl- we took the whole family um, to Paris for the week and got to spend a couple of days at the Disneyland Paris Resort. Okay. So question that just popped in my head is planning for this. I mean, I know it's overseas, but is the timetable about the same? Like for the original trip in 2020, how far in advance did you guys kind of start planning or was it you knew you were going to Europe? You just kind of tacked this on later for this trip or back in 2020? Well, just what does the plan timeline look like? Oh, like sure. is it still... Yeah, I think in 2020, I had started planning it in like December, and we were going to go in April. Um, This time around, we started planning, I think I booked flights in September last year. And then we went in March. Um, So about six months ahead of time. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So let's see, what can I tell you about this? since we were staying in Paris, we didn't stay on property at Disneyland. And we were staying kind of in the middle of Paris, like we were about a 10 minute walk from the Louvre. And so to get to Disneyland Paris, it's just a super easy train ride. You hop on one train, at least from where we were at the train station, we had access to um, hopped on one train and you rode it all the way to the end and you hopped off and there was Disneyland Paris as soon as you walked out. So it was really easy. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like a little commute. And it took about mm, 40, 45 minutes, I would say, um, from the train station we got on in outside of our Airbnb. 
where we stayed. So we went to Disneyland the first day and then Walt Disney Studios the second day. And I would compare it to Disneyland out in California. So okay. Disneyland and then Disney California Adventure would be like the Walt Disney Studios. Disneyland has, of course, the castle. And the Sleeping Beauty Castle at Disneyland Paris has actually has a dragon underneath it. So you can Ooh. go down and see this little <laughs> animatronic dragon, which was super fun. Um, and then, yeah, I thought maybe it would be fun just to kind of go through maybe some of the similarities and differences from Disneyland or Magic Kingdom. Absolutely. Can I ask a quick question before that? How is sure. the, is there a language barrier, I guess, when you're oh, in the park? Question. Yeah. Um, you know, English is such a world language now. Like, if you know English, you can get around pretty much anywhere. Um, and, and that's the same in Paris, especially in really touristy areas. And they have a lot of tourists at Disneyland Paris, of course, from the UK um, England and so really all over Europe, but, um, it wasn't a barrier at all. Like okay. I, my French is very rudimentary. <laughs> I tried really hard to like learn common phrases and things like that before we went, uh, just cause I think that's important. But if you were stumbling or didn't know how to ask something, most of the time people could answer you in English or understand your English. Awesome. And is signage in the park in English? Is it in French? What what does that look like? Yeah, I think it's in both. Um, like what we actually rented strollers for our kiddos while we were there. Um, and the signage was in English and French. So you could, you know, say I need a stroller. And, um, and then a lot of the rides and even some of the parades were in English and French. Oh, okay. So awesome. um, it was funny. I was going to get to this, but at, at Walt Disney Studios, they have a Marvel themed land. Yeah. And um, one of the rides that we don't have in the States is called um, Avengers Assemble Flight Force. And so it's Iron Man and Captain Marvel. And in the little like ride queue, the pre-show, Iron Man is speaking in French and Captain Marvel is speaking in English. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which I thought was really funny. So you can kind of understand half of it if you didn't know French. Yeah, no, awesome, awesome. Okay, let's talk rides. Okay. Um, so at Disneyland, um, it's set up just like Disneyland and Magic Kingdom with the, sp the hub and spoke in the different Fantasyland, Adventureland, uh, Frontierland, Tomorrowland. Okay. But there are some differences. And one of my very favorite rides that we that I rode um, was actually Space Mountain. Um, and it was very different. Instead of being like a little three-seater or six-seater mm -hmm. at Magic Kingdom or Disneyland, it was a long, um, what are they called? Like ride vehicle. Oh, and okay. Then, and then your seatbelt came down over your shoulders oh, like, to okay. secure you. And it was super smooth, and you actually kind of went upside down and corkscrewed. Oh, um, all right. So more intense than... Uh, more intense, <laughs> yes. And it was hyperspace mountain, so it was Star Wars themed. But on this ride, all of the audio was in French. So okay. <laughs> I don't understand what was going on, but it was still a super fun ride. Um, awesome. Really a great thrill ride. Um, they have Haunted Mansion, but there it's called Phantom Manor, and it focuses more on the bride. Oh. And her missing husband. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, 
Um, we rode Pirates of the Caribbean, and it was actually my kiddo's first time to ride this ride anywhere. Um, and I don't remember the ones at Magic Kingdom or Disneyland, you'll have to tell me, but this one had like three drops. Oh, remember. yeah. No, Magic Kingdom definitely only has one. Just yeah. wrote it last month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was a little surprised by that because I was like, there's just one drop, like trying to yeah. get them to ride the ride. Like, it's not, not that scary. <laughs> it's like three. And I was like, oh, that's all right. <laughs> um, there is an Indiana Jones ride that, like Indiana Jones at Disneyland, but it's completely different. My husband wrote it. And we took advantage of the single rider line on a lot of the thrill rides because my kiddos aren't into roller coasters or anything like that, but we wanted to be able to ride the rides. Gotcha. So while um, he wrote and rode Indiana Jones, I took the kids and explored this little um, adventure aisle, which was like a pirate's cave system behind School Rock. They oh, could cool. go and it's like little mazes and stuff behind um, down in the caves. And that was really fun. And then um, we would switch off. So then I would get to go ride. Like I rode Space Mountain um, and that kind of thing. So that gotcha. was great. Do you know help. if they have rider swap there? I actually or did you guys that's a really not great really question. utilize that? We didn't just gotcha. so that the kids wouldn't have to wait in line and we could just, they could go do something else while we did the single rider thing. Gotcha. So I didn't actually look into child swap, I guess. But that's awesome that single rider was available for a lot of major yeah. things. Yeah. Um, they also have different, um, like lightning lanes. They don't have genie plus there, but they do have what they call a, let's see. I wrote the name down. So I wouldn't mess up. Disney premier access ultimate, Ooh. which <laughs> is like universal studios express path. Okay. So you can get on one ride. Um, one or you can get on multiple rides one time whenever you want. Awesome. Um, and it's kind of expensive, like Universal's Express Pass is. Gotcha. Add on. But you can also do on the day of Disney Premier Access One, which is <laughs> like an individual lightning lane. Gotcha. Where, um, you just get to ride it once um, on one attraction and it's a specific time slot, like an hour time slot they bring you. And the price is very like, from five euro all the way up to, you know, 20 euro, somewhere in there. Gotcha. So I did that at Walt Disney Studios whenever I rode Crush's Coaster, which is a ride we don't have in the States, but it's mm -hmm. um, Finding Nemo themed, and it was a super cute ride. Cute, cute. Is there park hopper there? Are the parks close enough that that's an option? Yes, for sure. Just like at Disneyland, it's just across the Esplanade, um, so you could walk back and forth really easily. Okay, awesome. Um, yeah, great question. Uh, let's see. In Disneyland, they have Alice's Curious Labyrinth, which is a, like a hedgerow maze themed to Alice in Wonderland. So that was super cute. cute. At the end, when you make it to the end, there's a little castle you can climb up with really great views of the park. Um, that was different. I think that was all the main major differences in Disneyland. Um, you could see character meet and greets like they had character meet and greets where you could meet captain hook or um genie from aladdin or baloo or rafiki so those are a little oh, bit okay than the characters yeah. you can find at <laughs> our parks um and then they had characters just kind of pop up like we walked by um jack sparrow 
and Pinocchio and Geppetto. So that was kind of fun just to see characters wandering around interacting with guests too. Gotcha. So that kind of sounds more like Disneyland where there's just yeah. characters out and about as opposed to World <laughs> yeah. where they're behind a long line and a, a mm-hmm. room. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Awesome. Exactly. Yeah. So um, the first day we stayed for the nighttime spectacular and Disneyland Paris is celebrating their 30th anniversary this year. So they had like kind of a special pre-show and then the big fireworks display at the end, which was really sweet. And part of that was in English and part of it was in French. Um, What else can I tell you about Disneyland? Oh, the food. No, I was just going to ask. So is I guess I've heard with the studios park that that can be like a half day park. There's not a Mm. there. Disneyland though, was it pretty packed? You stayed there all day. No problem. Had plenty to do. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Disneyland, you could stay there all day. Um, We didn't even get to do everything that we wanted that day. I am normally very much a um, rope drop fan, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but because of the time difference and the jet lag, we just we just didn't make it. Yeah, so we didn't get up in time to make it there for a rope job. Um, but we got there probably around ten or ten thirty a.m. and stayed until park closed that night for dinner. Are hours similar to stateside parks? Like, are they opening at eight or nine and closing at nine or ten type situation? Yes. Okay. When we were there, I believe Disneyland opened at nine and closed around nine or ten. Okay. Um, and the same with. Um, Walt Disney Studios. Okay, awesome. But yeah, go for food. How was it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I had high expectations and I didn't quite meet them. <laughs> I, wasn't, <laughs> I was impressed with the food there. Um, now, I say that, but my kids are not adventurous eaters like at all. So we stayed with very safe foods. Yeah. Um, we didn't do any table service restaurants or anything like that or character meals, um, those kinds of things. But still, I was kind of like, <laughs> gotcha. But um, at Disneyland, we ate at Pizzeria Bella Notte for lunch, and that was a really cute Lady and the Tramp themed restaurant, a uh, quick service place where we got pasta and the kids got a Mickey shaped pizza. So that Ooh. they loved that. <laughs> um, and we ate at Casey's Corner. Um, oh, so they okay. also have Casey's Corner on Main <laughs> Street there um, for dinner that night. Um, and then they have all the typical snacks like. Mickey bars and popcorn and pretzels. Um, but we also, I got like a crepe with Nutella and Kurt got some kind of beignet donutty thing with like an apricot filling, um, which were just okay. Um, and then at Walt Disney Studios the next day, um, to your point about it being a half day park, there, there isn't as much to do there for sure. Um, not as many rides. And we didn't watch any of the shows. There's an animation academy um, there, um, but we didn't do that. So I think that you could fill up a whole day if you rode everything, watched all the shows, and did the extra things like animation academy gotcha. um, and you know met characters and that kind of thing. But we uh, we just didn't do any of those extras. We rode some of the rides and headed out early because <laughs> we were we were just tired. <laughs> Gotcha. Do they have a nighttime show there, or they do? Yeah, they. It's a drone show, and right, I've um, heard about that. Yeah. Yes, 
the Marvel Land. So that was a bummer to miss that, but there was just no way our kids were going to make it until 10 p.m. that night. So Yeah, no, for sure. And then did you always take the train back? Was that pretty easy? We did, yeah, yeah. So we had gotten a transportation pass that was good for the whole week. We could ride the subway, train, like all the different buses, all the different kinds of transportation. So you just scan your ticket in and scan your ticket to get out. Um, So super easy. Gotcha. Okay. So question, and this may be like an untrue notion, but just something I've heard. Um, Cast members in Walt Disney World, obviously very like cheery, happy, have a magical day. Is that the feel in Paris is I've heard, you know, it could be more of a cultural thing, but did you Mm -hmm. still feel that cast member magic? (laughs) Um, whenever we were at customer service desk. So like when we were getting the, um, strollers Mm -hmm. and like the shops, I felt like the cast members were really great and kind. Um, at some of the restaurants you could like the lines were so long, like you could tell that cast members were just like kind of tired and going through the motions. (laughs) But, um, and, and I think maybe, too, with the maybe language barrier there, mm-hmm. you're just not going to get that, like, effusive yeah. <laughs> welcome, potentially. But, no, I didn't think that anybody was rude or off-putting at all. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. And how how does it compare, you know, Walt Disney World, you're on your phone. You're checking wait times. You're genie plussing. Um, is right. all of that run through a similar app? Did you feel like you needed to be tied to your phone a lot or was it kind of more laid back? So there is an app, Disneyland Paris app, and it works similar to the My Disney Experience app. What I love about the Disney apps is the map feature. So I usually get on that just to see like, where are we headed? What are we missing? And to see wait times and where characters are, what restaurant we should eat at and be able to look at the menus and stuff. So when we're waiting in line is when I would usually like look at some of those things like planning, okay, after this, we're going to get a snack. Where would we get a snack at? But because they don't have Genie Plus, um, I didn't feel like I was just like constantly checking it or having to be on my phone to find the next one and that kind of thing. I just find it helpful. Yeah, and wait times, were they kind of similar to what you'd see stateside? You know, waiting an hour, 90 minutes for those big attractions, but you still had some 10, 20-minute walk-ons sprinkled throughout the park? Yeah, yeah, it was the same. Um, For the big thrill rides, they were 60, 90 minutes, uh, especially in the middle of the afternoon, just like you would find stateside. Um, And so that's why I ended up buying the... um, premier one pass to ride crushes coaster because it was the end of the day and i just really wanted to ride it yeah (laughs) Um, but i didn't want to wait 60 minutes (laughs) to do that so gotcha gotcha awesome any kind of major highlight anything your kids love the most or that you just love doing with your family that was sort of a high point of the trip yeah when we first got there at disneyland so the very first day we're walking in and you see the castle and in the kind of square before you walk down main street, there's a little gazebo. And I, I saw a family taking a picture like with the castle behind them. And I was like, Oh, let's go take a picture. Um, and so I kind of herded everybody, you know, as moms do like yeah. take a picture for the castle. And so we were up at this little gazebo and I noticed, Oh, everybody's like a lot lining up on the main street. There must be a parade about to start. And like, just right then, 
a parade came through. Aww. And so we were standing up on this gazebo so we could kind of see over the crowd and watch the parade. Um, and so that was just a super sweet, like, happenstance that um, we we're just in the right spot at the right time um, to get to see it. So that was yeah, really no, that's awesome. Yeah, and a great way to kick <laughs> off your day. All right, Katie, yeah. thank you so much. Anything else that you wanted to share? No, I mean, it was just a magical trip as all Disney trips are, and I wish that we could have stayed longer. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> so that's a good question. Um, was two days, you know, sufficient? Obviously, you can never do anything, but, you know, if you're going to Walt Disney World and you want to touch everywhere, they say go for a week. What would you right. say for Paris? Was two days enough? Do you feel like three would have been better? What's? Yeah, I think two days was, was great to kind of get a taste of everything. You weren't, you're, of course, not going to get to do everything in just two days, Um but because we wanted to do so many things in Paris proper, I felt like two days was a great um, kind of day trip to get to go and experience Disneyland Paris too. If your goal is to just like soak up Disneyland Paris, then I would recommend staying at one of the Disney resorts there, um, being able to like hang out at the Disney Village, which is their downtown Disney or Disney Springs area. Um, and maybe spend, you know, three days there, four days there. It just depends on how you want to roll and how much you actually want to be able to do. Gotcha. And logistically, are the hotels in Disney Village, like, walkable? Most of them the are. Parks? Okay. Yeah, you actually walk underneath Disneyland Hotel to enter Disneyland. So it's connected, like, uh, Disney, um, at the one at, Dis oh, the Grand Californian at Disney California Adventure, kind of like that. Um, and then there are a couple other, there's a Marvel themed hotel that looked really fun um, and it's walkable and then maybe one more that's walkable and then others have like a shuttle that could bring you over. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Katie, thank you so much for touching on yeah. something that I knew very little about. So this has been <laughs> awesome. Uh, thanks again for being here. Will you tell everyone where they can find you and connect with you and see Katie post a ton of great reels. She's been sharing <laughs> things from her trip um, and lots of other fun stuff too. So where can everybody find you? Absolutely. I'm on Instagram at Mott's Makes Magic. So M-A-T-Z Makes Magic. And then you can find me on Facebook at Fantastical Vacations by Katie Motzenbacher. Awesome. And I'll be sure to put those in the show notes so you can scroll down and find those. But Katie, thank you again. Been so great talking with you. And everyone, as always, thanks so much for listening. Have a magical day. Bye. Bye. Bye.